Yo fam. Today I'm going to talk to you about this odd thing that happens with people closest to me. And what I mean by that, I remember my dad was a newspaper publisher and he wrote a article every week. I think, uh, I don't know what it was called early on, but at one point he changed the name to Bubba's Briefs. And, um, and I remember my mom asking, do you read your dad's article every week? And I'm like, heck no. Why would I do that? Now I was a smart, a teenager, but I, I did attempt to read it a few times, but I just didn't, I, it just didn't land like it did for everyone else. In other words, most people just absolutely loved his article, but yet I couldn't get over the fact that I was reading my dad slash authoritarian disciplinarian, you know, and all the angst and resentment that I had, you know, against my parents, right? The, the, the closest thing, you know, the closest authority figures in my life, right? And so that would also happen with my buddies. You know, my buddies would think my dad was like the coolest dude ever. Yet, in my mind, you know, he was my dad. I got in trouble. He was the one that yelled at me. You know, that kind of thing. But interesting is, interesting thing is, is I have a similar relationship with my wife and her content, right? Like, I love helping her with her content. I love helping her with bouncing business ideas off each other. I love helping her figure things out. But for some reason, when I see her stuff, her videos, hear her start talking, like it just it just gets me. And oftentimes I can't really listen to it. And so there's always been this thing, you know, in my own personal development journey, particularly around, you know, 12-step recovery is like um, in relationshiping, shall we say, is I'm not saying everybody is this way, but but there are people that are way too close to me that I cannot go to them for direction or help or or uh, you know guidance, right? Like I need I need people that are that are you know distance a little bit. Because I have these, you know, with people close to me, like I carry these underlying deep resentment or issues or or whatever. Like in any relationship, you have this cadence or this back and forth with someone. And so when I think of my, as a matter of fact, me and my wife were walking the other day and I was telling her I was kind of struggling last week the last week about, you know, being productive. And I was just, you know, kind of down on myself. She goes, Oh, well, you can use me, you know, to, I can help talk you through it. (laughs) And all, and my instant reaction is, heck no. Like, what are you talking about? No way. And she was a little bit offended, which has been, you know, whatever. But it's because when I, if I was to call her, I feel like she's telling me what to do. And one of my biggest issues with authority figures, particularly in my relationship is, I don't want to be told what to do. Even if what she's telling me is right, I don't want to listen to her, right? And so I did the same thing with my parents. It's just ridiculous how um, 
It's just, and it feels childish and it feels, you know, narrow minded, but that I'll be damned. Like I cannot, I almost, almost inevitably cannot hear people that are too close to me. Um, but last, uh, yesterday, my wife did a, a pump up session for a Facebook group. One of our, uh, now close friends, um, mentor, uh, consultant for my wife's business, uh, Heather parody. She's got a Facebook group called unconventional leaders. And Sarah did a pump up session for, um, for Heather's group. And what was interesting about it is Heather did the pump up session in play in place of something she does weekly, which is called coffee chat, UL coffee chat. And so twice a week, you know, her and a couple people get on zoom and they chat about, you know, what they got going on in business, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was interesting because Heather didn't tell her people what they were getting into. Heather didn't tell Sarah what she was going to be doing. And what was also interesting is Sarah only does these, um, these pump up sessions with women. And so the coffee chat was chat was actually majority men. Um, and so Sarah didn't have time to think about it. You know, we talked about it after it was great, you know, hearing about it, but she said it went really, really well. And actually for the first time I went back and watched her pump up session before I couldn't even get, I couldn't even get a few minutes in because, um, yeah, I would just, (laughs) whatever I I would just rebel and just not be able to listen, but I listened uh, and watched it. And I tell you what, that stuff was good. It was like, it was moving. It was interesting watching, being able to watch people experience, you know, Sarah and what she was doing. It was interesting watching Sarah lead without, you know what it was? It was like I was a, I was a bystander. Like I wasn't part of it. I was kind of like eavesdropping on a conversation and it was good, man. It was a really neat, um, experience to see her do that. And I don't know. I don't know what was necessarily different per se, but yeah, I was really able to take it in. And, and that also kind of leads me to this idea of, you know, different flavors of personal development and introspection and, um, you know, different ways in which people can learn about themselves. And, you know, there's, there's coaching, there's counseling, there's therapy, there's support groups or experiential stuff. There's weekends, there's journaling, right? There's mastermind groups, but i tell you what, there is something exponentially valuable with experiential stuff. In other words, there's a lot of times in counseling and coaching, it's a a lot of it is very intellectual. It's talking, right? We're trying to talk through our situation. If you got a good coach, they help you get into like some root causes or get a little bit deeper into your thought processes and stories that you're telling yourself. But there is something valuable in a multifaceted experience. In other words, when Sarah does these these soul sessions, 
she includes music which is auditory right it's it's a it is a it is a different i guess talking's auditory but it is a different experience when you listen to movement so there's there's the sorry music there's the you hearing it there's the ability to feel the music um it's almost it's kind of indirect as well so you're able to listen to someone else talk about their feelings um you know she kind of talks through guides people in their breathing which is another aspect of get out of your head and into your body breath it's a bit of meditative at some point she switches to um you know, a bit of a dance, which is for most people is very uncomfortable, but there's something valuable in this kind of movement aspect. Um, there was a journaling piece, right? Asking a question, journaling, asking yourself to kind of go in, take some deep breaths, ask God and spirit for some direction, journal, sharing the journaling uh, a session, and then some more movement and meditation. And Dude, like this weekend that I went on, I went on a men's retreat and it was one of the wildest things I've ever done, but they did so well in in, in including all the different aspects to hit every single sense, all the senses, um, visualization, the beating of the drum, the smells of sage, the, 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 um, anger work, the sadness and grieving work that we did. It was just touch, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, hugging and holding and, and just pushing one out so far outside of one's comfort zone to, to kind of unlock these deeper rooted thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and behaviors. And I'll tell you what, man, it is the feedback that we've gotten, um, or that I hear or from women that have experienced these these soul sessions or these pump up sessions she's doing is just so valuable. Being able to go into an experience and feeling one way stress, anxiety, fear, emotion, and then to spend thirty minutes doing this active experiential work, and then come out on the other side at peace and remembering that all is well, like all is okay, that the universe is working for me, not against me. And, and that's, that's what I, that's what I experienced over that, that weekend that I did that, that I didn't want to be anybody else. I didn't want to be in, I was okay in my own skin. I didn't want to be any, any other place than where I was at in life. Um, I wasn't, you know, angry and resentful at my wife or family or, or boss or situation. These authority figures that I have a tendency to make, you know, uh, the enemy. So I bring that up because I'm wondering what kind of journey, what are the things that you do in your own personal life as far as your own personal development? You had a prayer meditation practice, maybe some journaling, some introspection, introspection. You know, if you're lucky and maybe a bit more progressive, you have a counselor and therapist or coach that you see on a regular basis, maybe a sponsor. But I would, I would, ask you what do you do that is experiential in nature what are what are the things that you do that involve movement and music and song and drum and uh you know questions of deep thought uh to help you get down into some of the deeper emotions the journaling do you have some people that you share these intimate things that can give you some you know unbiased feedback 
about it. If you don't have something like that, I would ask you, look into, what are you going to look into that's experiential in nature? Some sort of deep um, alternative form of personal development that just doesn't involve reading and thinking and 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 uh, maybe writing and just talking about um, on an intellectual level, you know, what's going on in your life. Huh. Let me know. Let me know what you think about that. I would also encourage you if you uh, at the moment, Sarah's just doing women's uh, women's uh, leadership groups, but her uh, membership is like, I don't know, it's like 30 bucks, maybe 40 bucks a month. They do four, four to five calls a week, uh, a month. And uh, what's really cool is they break it up at lunch in the middle of the day and, um, you know, help people kind of uh, uh, disconnect and recharge in the middle of the day. And I didn't know I was going to be talking about this. So this isn't any kind of paid promotion, but check. Sorry, I got cut off by a phone call, but yeah, I didn't know I was going to be talking about Sarah's pump up session, but I'm glad I did. It's often uh, interesting when I'm trying to, you know, explain what the heck my wife does, or even for Sarah to explain what her, um, you know, what she does uh, for fun and, and for a living. But, but anyway, if you're looking for if you're looking for some uh, experiential nature, that's a good thing. Um, some of the other things that I've done that are extremely valuable uh, er- experientially, uh, the Mankind Project. Uh, weekends, landmark forum. It's very experiential. There's a uh, some guys down in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, the Recovery Institute that are doing men's and women's retreats. Um, I'll tell you more about that at, at some point. But none of these people uh, pay me for this. Uh, obviously, AA and NA these 12 step support groups, but uh, which I've been doing for 20 years. But there's something valuable in group stuff. I guess, you know, as I, I listen back to that thing, because the, the, the things that I'm talking to you guys about is it's vulnerable. I'm, I'm actually uncomfortable sharing it for, um, you know, a couple times I thought about, you know what, maybe I shouldn't share, you know, this intimately, but there's just something extremely valuable about group work, about deep emotional, uh, intimate group work, because most people's instinct is to just share it with a few individuals. But when you're in a group and you hear someone share intimate details um, that maybe feel not only uncomfortable, but like going, I can't believe they're sharing that. What it does is give you permission to do the same thing and you're able to go deeper, faster. You're also able to build in, you know, accountability structures and and things in your life that help you, you know, follow through with the, with the, the things that you say you want to follow through with. And also you're able to get faster feedback from people that can see things that you don't. So anyway, I just want to encourage you to expand your personal to growth journey, expand the things that you do to kind of move yourself forward, to to dig deeper into those uh, deeper subconscious things uh, that you're, that maybe you, uh, if you're anything like me, I would explain it like, I know there's stuff that's deeper that I can't really put my finger on that is still affecting me and holding me back from the man I want to be, the person I want to be, the relationship I want to have with 
uh, God and spirit, the father I want to be, the husband I want to be. Um, and, you know, the only way to do that is to continue to seek um, down these different paths that are extremely uncomfortable. That's why a lot of people quit counseling and therapy. That's why they quit going to support groups because uh, sometimes it feels like you're going backwards, right? And sometimes it, it seems like you're getting worse uh, when you start doing these, these, these experiential personal development journeys. And it's uncomfortable, so a lot of people quit. So I just wanna encourage you to move the conversation forward and to move your own personal development forward so we can get more people into mental health and addiction services, personal development services, so we can have these conversations earlier often they become a prevention mechanism so less people end up in rehab less people end up in psych hospitals uh, and we create a culture of prevention not crisis management anyway i love you holler at your boy i hope it wasn't too long-winded i'm thinking about you peace